0: Welcome to Rama for Today Radio.
1: But really, they had nullified the effects of their prayers. Things that happened in our early years from the natural standpoint helped to mold our lives. And this is also true from the spiritual standpoint. For that reason, when I got married, I told my wife, I'll run the church and you run the house. I never would allow my wife to teach Sunday school. I know in the first church we pastored, after we were married, they said, it's a custom here that the pastor teaches the adult Bible class of the men, and the pastor's wife teaches the women. Well, I said, my wife doesn't. The board of this church said, yes, but it's our custom here. We've been doing that for 20-some-odd years. I said, I just changed that custom. We'll just consolidate the two of them and make one big auditorium class, and I will teach both of them. My wife doesn't teach Sunday School.
0: You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, The Will of God in Prayer, by Kenneth Hagan. E. Hagin. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagin's message. It's
1: important, my friends, to see that you don't take away from your prayers, but rather add to them. If you're praying for children in the home, you must not do anything that would nullify the effects of that prayer. You have to build confidence and security into children instead of doubt and insecurity. All the praying that you may do, if you are going to undo it, just isn't going to work. That's where so many people have lost their children. They have just nullified the effects of their prayers. My boy told me, my son, now who's grown and married, and uh, a a minister himself, an ordained minister. That when he first went away to school, now this was the third year of high school, and he went to a Christian uh, school, high school. And the most difficult problems at this school are, are the preachers, pastors, or missionaries' children. He said it didn't take me long to find out the main thing that was wrong with these young people. I would mention doing things and they would say, do you mean your dad would let you do that? For instance, driving the car. My son had his driver's license as a 16-year-old boy. You mean your dad lets you drive the car? He said, why, yes, I drove the car all the way from Texas to Oregon. He drove his mother out there where I was holding a meeting. Why, man, if I even insinuated I wouldn't get behind the wheel, my dad would knock me in the head. That was from from one of the other preacher's sons. Well, all the praying, you see, a man would do, uh, that man might do, would be nullified by the wrong actions. I stayed in a pastor's home one time for whose son I really felt sorry. Today he's a grown man, and he's broken the hearts of his parents. Though he grew up in a pastor's home, he never amounted to much. He had been married several times and has never provided a living for his family. As a boy, a young boy preacher myself, before I was married, I stayed in the home. They constantly told that boy he'd never mount anything, so he didn't. They would pray and then say, I don't know what I'm going to do, Kenneth. I wish you would pray for him. If he didn't do just right, they would knock that 12-year-old boy in the head halfway across the house and then kick him while he's down. They lost their tempers with him, you see. What could you expect? What could you expect? Naturally, they built into him insecurity and lack of confidence and lack of faith and all of their praying wouldn't work. As a young fellow, before I was ever married, I saw many children who were neglected. Their mothers, pastors' wives, worked in the church and were so busy that their children were left alone to do as they pleased, to run with whomsoever they wanted. I could see them losing their family. Well, what am I saying? I haven't digressed from the subject. They prayed and prayed and asked the church to pray and shed many tears and did a lot of fasting, but really they had nullified the effects of their prayers. Things had happened in our early years, from the natural standpoint, helped to mold our lives. And this is also true from the spiritual standpoint. For that reason, when I got married, I told my wife, I'll run the church and you run the house. I never would allow my wife to teach Sunday school. I know in the first church we pastored, after we were married, they said it's a custom here that the pastor teaches the adult Bible class of the men and the pastor's wife teaches the women. Well, I said my wife doesn't. The board of this church said, yes, but it's our custom here. We've been doing that for 20-some-odd years. I said, I just changed that custom. We'll just consolidate the two of them and make one big auditorium class, and I will teach both of them. My wife doesn't teach Sunday school. Well, why, they asked. I said, well, you see, I'm going to preach and pastor the church, and I want her to stay home and keep house and take care of, of me. I want her to run things over there, and I'll run things over here. If no one else in the church could do anything then I might let her do it. But there are too many other people that you can put to work, so let them do it. Then they wanted to put her in as president of the Women's Missionary Council. And I said, no, I don't want her to do that. She can come, but she doesn't serve in any capacity. Well, it paid off well. I'm saying that it's possible for us to nullify the effects of our prayers. We once had a lady who was a marvelous Christian Sunday school teacher. She was one of the best Sunday school teachers and most able Bible teacher in our entire church. I thought so then, I still think so, after a great many years. Well, this was during World War Number 2. Uh, she had two or three boys who went into the service. Now, it's right that we should pray for our boys who are in the service. And this lady with tears would stand up and request prayer for her boys. And we would include them in prayer. She was a great woman of prayer herself. Now, after certain length of time, one of the boys was going to be shipped overseas. Before he left, he had a, a, a furlough and he came home. He'd been in for quite a while, so it wasn't just a matter of returning after basic training because he had some rank, and as an airplane pilot, he had helped in training others. Well, he came home, and during that entire period, she never did come to church. It was a 30-day period. She didn't even teach her Sunday school class. The assistant teacher had to teach it. They were around visiting kinfolks one time on Sunday because they worked during the week. The very last Sunday that he was home, they had a family reunion. They had a good many children. Some of the older ones had been married for a number of years, so many grandchildren were also involved. It was just a big affair. She didn't come, of course, on that Sunday. He was there for this 30 days and left. After he left, the other one came in. Now, the very first Wednesday night that she was back to church, she got up with tears and asked us to pray for her boy. Pray for so-and-so especially. He's been shipped out and is on his way overseas right now. Pray for him that he'll be saved. See, he wasn't a Christian. Right from the pulpit, I said, Now, sister, I'm not going to do it. Now, I'm sure that that startled a whole crowd. Some of them were sitting there half asleep, and they came wide awake instantly. I said, I'm not going to do it. Because you've been turning in prayer requests for months, You've turned prayer requests in almost every time. We prayed, and we believed God when we prayed. I know this boy of yours. I've talked to him in times past. I know him well enough. I knew that all these boys greatly appreciated their mother, more so than their father, because she had been a Christian for so many years. And uh, so they had great respect for her and for her experience. I said, we prayed and prayed, but most people don't get saved out there somewhere. Most people get saved in church or in a church service. You know, people get saved as a result of hearing the gospel preached not just because someone prayed. It was like the old boy who was not feeling very well and they were trying to get him to go to bed. and He said, no, I don't want to go to bed. They asked him why. He said, well, I may die. More people die in bed than any place else. Well, friends, most people get saved under the influence of God's word. That's the way it's done. And so I said, now your boy was home 30 days. I know him well enough to know that if you had asked him to come to church, he would have come. Then the last Sunday, you had a great family reunion. Everyone got together to talk from the natural standpoint, but you neglected your Sunday school class and didn't come for a whole month. Missed four Sundays. I know if you'd said, well, now, son, this is the last Sunday. Come and go to church with Mama. At least on Sunday night, he would have come. That seemed to come as a surprise to that dear old soul. She had been standing up to turn in her request. And when I said I was not going to do it, she just stood there and looked. A look of acknowledgment came on her face. She acted as though she hadn't thought of that. She acted as if it came as a surprise that she could even ask him to come to church. She said, well, that's right. That's true. He would have come with the expression on her face that said, why didn't I think of that? Well, now you think, you would think that any Christian would know enough to do that. That doesn't mean that you would have to nag and ding-dong people about uh, and keep digging at them she could have said, I have a Sunday school class, I must go to church. You can come and go with me. I'd like for you to go. If he refused under this invitation at first and on the last time, she could have said, well, this is your last day home, son, and I would appreciate if you would come. I know him well enough to know that he would have come out of respect to his mother. I know of plenty of other people who came the same way and under the influence of the Word of God and the Holy Ghost were convicted and saved. Now, you see what I mean? You see, instead of helping our prayers, She did everything, consciously, unconsciously, to hinder our prayers. And so we were praying in the will of God, but we can hinder our prayers. Friend, let's let's have boldness when we come to pray and confidence that God hears us. And let's walk right before the Lord and we can get answers. Now we know, as we have pointed out to you, that saving the lost is the will of God. However, very often in praying for lost ones, loved ones, or lost individuals, uh, very often we hinder our prayers ourselves, even though we're praying in the will of God, yet we nullify the effects of our praying, and very often nullify the effects of the other person, of the other people, or the effects of the church praying. I know we had a lady in our church one time, one church I pastored, who every time when we took prayer requests uh, would ask us to pray for her husband. He would come with her once in a while. He was unsaved, but he'd come on Sunday night occasionally. And if prayer requests then or during a revival meeting would be asked for, well, uh, she would uh, stand right up in service and request prayer for him and, and maybe him right there by her side and uh, or in the service somewhere. And it would embarrass him. Well, she'd call his name, you know, and say pray for him. She wanted us to pray that he'd get saved. I remember one time in a Wednesday night service when there were just some of the church members there, she came and requested prayer again. Well, I simply made a point of it as I wanted to illustrate to the crowd as well as to her. So I said, Sister, we're not going to do it. You've turned in prayer requests here again and again and again and again. And we prayed and prayed. And I said, I've talked to your husband. I've visited him in your home and talked to him for two or three hours at a time, at times that she was out and wasn't there. And there's no reason for us to go on praying about him. You are nullifying all the effects of our praying. You go home and tell him everyone's fault in the church and all the church's business.
0: You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This month's special offer is the message series by Kenneth E. Hagan, The Will of God in Prayer. In this three-CD series, Kenneth E. Hagin explores the scriptures and instructs believers on how to use the Word of God in prayer. This series is just $21. Call now. 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagin Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen.
1: As we start the year off, I would like to encourage you that have been partnered with us to continue your partnership or maybe consider increasing your monthly partnership. And if you haven't partnered with us, I would like to ask you, starting with January, that you partner with us this year to help us.
0: If this radio program has blessed you and ministered to your spirit, then we want to hear from you. We're asking you, our audience, to let us know when and where you listen. Email us at partnerservices at RAMA.org. or call 1-888-FAITH-99 and tell us. If you prefer, drop us a letter. Write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma 74150. If we're to remain broadcasting in your area, we need to hear from you. And if you're able, we would ask that you would consider sowing an offering to help defray the costs of this radio program. Call today to get this month's special faith-building offer, Kenneth E. Hagin's The Will of God in Prayer 3 CD Series. Yours for the price of $21. The number to call is 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, The Will of God in Prayer. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.